The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets, full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Right before our Gospel reading today, Jesus was just informed that his cousin, John the Baptizer, has been killed by King Herod. So John the Baptist or the baptizer, his disciples, they fled from where he was prisoner, probably talked with him at the window, um, and they ran as fast as they could and went and told Jesus, presumably, Jesus, maybe they're coming for you next. And it would be easy to think that this caused Jesus to run away, to flee, to hide in the desert. However, we know as Christians that the desert is where Jesus goes for spiritual warfare, not to hide. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, he couldn't have been hiding that well if people immediately knew where he was going and followed him there on foot. But out here in the wilderness, where Jesus always goes, He's not afraid to go out there. Out here in the wilderness or the desert, it's also the site where the wandering Hebrews of the Old Testament were hungry. When they missed the days, when they got to eat slave food, they go on and on in Exodus about, oh, we missed the cucumbers and eating the leftover meat parts that we could suck the meat off of. How wonderful when we ate slave food and now we're hungry in the desert. That's what our intro it, uh, we sang about in our intro it. But there, God, who revealed himself to be Yahweh in the burning bush, there he had compassion on his Hebrews, his chosen people, and fed them with bread from heaven. And out here in the desert is also where Jesus sees his own followers, people that followed him all the way out there to where John the baptizer was preaching. 
And Jesus doesn't stay hidden. He continues to do the miraculous signs and share the miraculous teaching, the authoritative teaching that got John the Baptist killed and will get Jesus killed. And so he does it without fear. He sees these people, he sees their sickness, he sees their hunger, and he has compassion on them, just like Yahweh, which should lead you to be a little confused. Why is Jesus acting like Yahweh? The same question was being pondered in the hearts of the people that day. Why is he feeding me bread from heaven? It's easy to fall into the rut of believing that Jesus only cares about your spiritual issues. But we're shown here today that Jesus not only cares, but always provides for you in both body and in soul, both your spiritual needs and your physical needs. Think about it. When you were younger and you had holes in your shoes, when you were a young adult and you were in college and you didn't have much money or just starting out from college, didn't have much money. And here you are today. God provided for you. Even if you didn't know it was God. It's important to know that church also isn't only about learning stuff or learning information or spiritual stuff. Or church isn't even about just being comforted after a tough week. It's also that, yes, but it's also about sustaining your life, sustaining your body, sustaining your soul week to week with his rich mercy and his grace. Something that the church is often criticized by outsiders for, by non-Christians, is, well, the accusation of neglecting to care for the poor, the needy, and the hungry. But this would be another trap to fall into, pitting body against soul, or pitting the spiritual against the physical, or pitting the church against the secular. It's an easy mistake to make in a very contentious world that we live in, where there always has to be a team red and a team blue. Shirts versus skins. The church has always been the chief place, literally, for what is called mercy work. Mercy work done in the community. Even when uh, the federal government began to start to uh, become involved in mercy work, what better place could they become involved than in these buildings that were in the center of communities that most of the people in town went to often? But always remember, something that non-Christians do not like is that any good church worth her salt to Jesus Christ, does not only care for the body, but also cares for the soul. So if a homeless man is given shelter by the church, they should also be pastorally counseled. They should be prayed with by the church's members. Because governments and non-Christian organizations can often help the needy 
better than the church can, right? They have lots of money, resources, etc. But they do not have what the church has. The gospel ministry of Jesus Christ. The life-giving, body-resurrecting, soul-soothing gospel words of Christ and his actions in each person's life. And that is the most important part of a well-balanced breakfast. In our gospel today, the disciples, possibly even believing themselves to be faithful for doing so, it seems like they believe it's beneath Jesus to feed crowds of people. They've witnessed him doing lots of wonderful things, miracles, They've heard him preach with authority and people responding to that authoritative teaching. And they're even beginning to treat him more and more like a very, very holy man. But do they quite know or believe yet that this isn't merely a holy man or a guru? Do they know or believe yet that this is... This is Yahweh. This is the being, Yahweh. The one speaking in our Isaiah reading today, pleading for his people lost in the desert of their life to drink from him, to eat of his bread without price, to provide for them when they need it most. Yahweh says, listen to my words, Eat what is good. Delight yourself in the rich food of my word. Incline your ear and come to me that your soul may live. Isn't that interesting? All the way back then, our Lord has linked his words with the good food, the good portion. His words with what satisfies and doesn't lead to hunger again. And it culminates with the classic, seek the Lord, seek Yahweh while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. So it becomes a matter of, well, where can I find him? Where is he promised to be? Where can I point and know that he's there with me? that his provision would be for me and my family. So Jesus is out there in the desert, and he's this same Yahweh, the same Yahweh of hosts, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, having compassion on his people as they wandered in the desert to a thousand generations, whether it be the time of Moses The time of the prophets, such as our Isaiah reading today, when those same faithful people were in exile, the first century with Christ, or now, today, as we wander in what often looks like a deserted wasteland. Just as Jesus called his disciples to take bread, that he blessed. So he took bread and he blessed it. 
and distributed it to the people. Jesus calls you and me to give thanks for what he's given us. Not so we can keep it for ourselves, but so that we can share it with those who are hungry and thirsty. First, the apostles write to our Christian brothers and sisters, and also to those who will one day know Christ, who will one day call on his name, but don't know him yet, as Isaiah mentions. You get to be the one to tell those people. You get to be the disciple that shares what cares for the body and soul at the same time. You get to be the one that shares words that for the first time in their life or for the first time in a long time, soothe and save Christ's words and his gospel, which are mighty to save. We have promises from Christ that those that we tell, not all of them, sometimes not even many, but some that you tell, they will eat and be satisfied. Whereas before, they would eat and get hungry again, or hear and have itching ears to hear something new and novel and different, to turn the news back on, to scroll on the phone endlessly, to seek the dopamine rush of anger or excitedness just for a bit, and then get bored once more, to instead seek what is satisfying God's word, edifying God's word. And so as a church, let's always make sure to do both, to care for the soul, but also to care for the body. Let's feed the body, but also the soul. We can worship and serve others. We can care for the body and the souls of other people just like Jesus, just like his Father who is in heaven. And so this week, when you prepare and come forward for the Lord's Supper, meditate on this. It's always a blessing to meditate on something different each time you come to the Supper, seeking forgiveness of sins. But this week, try this. Think about, meditate, pray on how Jesus in this supper, is not only caring for you spiritually with his body and blood. Think about how he's caring for you in your body and pray about it. Maybe even talk about it on the way home. And if you ever feel like you're getting lost in your thoughts and prayers during the service, that's okay. This is a great, blessed, and safe place to do that. You're surrounded by beauty and God's word and lovely things. And so when you feel like you are lost, you don't have to feel like a Hebrew wandering in the desert. But fear not, because at the end, I will pronounce over you, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and in soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen.